evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I wish you would have different inflection in your voice when you introduce me, but it's always the same, and it's always weird. But it's different words. So, like, it's different, but it's not. You... (laughs) 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 But no, I'm doing good. Uh, Got through a lot of interior offensive line tape today, so... Excited mm. for that next episode. That's good. I wish I would have done that. <clears throat> However, uh, I was working through our draft guide, which we have talked about uh, in the past, <clears throat> but we haven't really talked like extensively about because we really didn't have a game plan uh, because we just didn't plan super well. But working through the draft guide, it's definitely going to be shorter than we expected. But... It it will come to you guys, whether that's on the website, whether we just have a PDF that we can shoot to people. It's going to be free this year. Uh, we're hoping to sell it next year uh, with hopes that you guys like it enough to buy it. So this is like your free trial this year. Randy and I are grinding through some more film before we obviously officially finalize all of our rankings in there. But uh, yes, Randy, are you excited to see the draft guy? Well, you just saw it. Randy hasn't seen the draft guide yet, guys, other than on a call just now via his screen. So are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh I have seen it before. We've we've went over the design and everything, but yeah, I know. Yeah, we should be pretty good. I, I'm excited for I'm excited for next year's, I guess you should say. Because yeah. this year's is more of a a a contest running thing. See how it looks, see how it plays out. Yeah. But, yeah, and there was a redesign. I've put out a couple of uh, designs, and and you know they say that like mimicking is the the best form of of flattery. Well, people have taken our design and making they they made it their own. Uh, and they kind of just altered it a bit, but you can tell the influence is there. Someone tagged me in one, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like. You, you liked ours enough to use it. The problem is we haven't even put one out yet. So now they're just thieves that are going to get the credit. So, um, no, but we but, digress. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, guys, we are not here to talk just about the draft guy. We are here to do a mock draft, which is so fun. This is the 4.0, uh, our fourth one of the year. Randy's working through his own. I will eventually write another one. Uh, but, in in terms of the ones that we've done together on the show, this is Mock Draft 4.0. But before we get started, make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube. There's a rumor that StreamYard might not let us uh, stream to Twitter here in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you guys are subscribed to YouTube. We will have our NFL Draft coverage on there. Uh, all of our Friday Fix episodes go on YouTube. And I'm going to start looking at getting some of these episodes posted on YouTube as well. So um just go over there just search the cut ffb will be the first video you can click on our profile and click subscribe um couple articles incoming chase claypool article from matt is on the way by the end of this week rashad bateman article by yours truly is in the works don't know when it'll be out hopefully early next week uh and then 
If you guys enjoy what you hear today, make sure you guys leave us a four or five star review, preferably five, definitely not one. Even if you think we're a one star podcast, just lie to us and then DM us and say you guys actually suck. But uh, yes, we are looking for more reviews, but we do have one to read. Randy, take it away, dude. All right. Well, this one's by at Tyler FF, which I do know the Twitter handle. I've seen it a good amount in our mentions before. Uh, the title of it's great pod, great podcast, guys. I've added this to my usual rotation. Love your draft news and breakdowns. Uh, great interviews as well. I definitely agree with great interviews. I I hope the the draft news and breakdowns are good. But uh, you know, I don't. I'm not a I'm not a cocky person on the show. So. <laughs> Yes, and I evidently via Twitter am arrogant, but I try not to actually be arrogant in real life. But uh, thank you, Tyler. That Those are very kind words. And I agree with Randy. The interviews are the best. Uh, and hopefully we have some more coming to you. I know I've got some, some plans that I teased on Friday, uh, but nothing official yet and don't want to spoil anything. So Sounds good. <laughs> All right, let's get into the mock draft. So if you guys caught the mock draft 3.0, we split it into conferences rather than uh, back and forth. So Randy had AFC last time. I get AFC this time. <clears throat> so there is a, a span of time where I have seven or eight picks in a row and Randy gets to just chill and drink. So <laughs> that's, that's all I want in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Um, so... AFC Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock with the first overall pick, and I am taking Panay Sewell. I'm just kidding. It's Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Even if I think that Justin Fields is QB1, Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to be the pick. There's certain things that go into this pick. No matter what, he is going to be the first overall selection. Kid's good. Uh, he's he's good at football. He's, he's QB2 for me, QB1 in your hearts, though. Uh, and I think he could fast track the Jaguars to, you know, six or seven wins at least, right? Yeah, four, five, six. <laughs> Listen, like I, I, I like Trevor Lawrence as a game. There's still a lot of question marks with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence at the next level. Obviously, no matter how good you think he is, still isn't step foot on an NFL field. So there still has to be question marks there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I do think that Lawrence does kind of fit what Urban's going to run, so pick makes sense. Uh, Jaguars, free agency moves, maybe not so much, but, hey, you know, hey. they're, they're they, trying to they, build You know, they got, they got Marvin Jones, um, Philip yep. Dorsett, you know. Uh, they, they've actually made better defensive signings. I think, they they're, I think that clearly shows the focus of the draft will be on offense, O-line, quarterback. Maybe not really wide receiver, tight end for sure. So, Trevor Lawrence yeah. is a good start. Yep. All right. Pick number two is also mine with the New York Jets. I asked Randy before uh, if he thought that people would turn it off if I selected a certain player here. He said probably. And so, to I save mean, us from that. If I, if I made the pick, probably not. But because it's you, I'm just going to assume. That is factual. That is just 100% true. Um, so instead of doing something that would get me or us canceled, I'm just going to go with Zach Wilson uh, to the New York Jets. And while I don't think this should be the pick, I think it's 
pretty damn near what the consensus thinks that this pick will be. Uh, Zach Wilson does fit the 49ers style offense pretty well. And you have to assume that Mike LaFleur and Robert Sala are going to incorporate a lot of what, uh, what the 49ers were doing. Cause that's where they just came from. So I think Wilson makes a ton of sense. I do think field, like if they're looking for a quarterback that runs, like if you remember Connor Rogers, when he was on here said, if they're looking for a little more athleticism out of their quarterback, then Justin Fields has to be on their board. I think Trey Lance could be on their board as well, but Right now, I will take Zach Wilson and just just live with it, I guess. Yeah, love the excitement. Um, <laughs> no, he seems to be the consensus pick there, or technically Justin Fields is in the conversation. Other than that, I think we're pretty much at the point where we know they're picking a quarterback. They have Sam, uh, Sam Dardo on the trade block. I mean, they're moving on, which is smart. You have a whole new regime, basically. Move on, get a new rookie contract, see if you don't screw this one up. Yeah. Yep. All right. And then the third pick is also mine. Um, so, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. So here's here's the pick where the Dolphins just signed Will Fuller. They still have a need at wide receiver, in my opinion, though a little bit less of one. I, I think Will Fuller fits one need, and he fits a need that will definitely fit their quarterback in, in Tua. Um, I think skill position still on the table, personally. Right. Okay. However, okay. Uh, that is not where I'm going to go with this, but I'm also not going to go with the pick that is always, always, always slated here. And I said slated for a reason. I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater over Panay Sewell. The reason is, it, and again, not something that I would do, but in reading a ton of mock drafts lately, this seems to be like a consensus take. Even some of the guys that they're cautious with how they're they're speaking about what they think will happen. Um, yeah, I think they've insinuated that Slater could be the first tackle off the board for a ton of teams. I think his versatility is something that the Dolphins might like because if if he doesn't work out, they don't have elite guard play either i think robert hunt makes more sense at right guard and slater over at right tackle but i think his versatility is definitely something they'll covet so i'm sorry randy it's fine uh i've seen a lot of people in the industry uh kind of toss up between uh sewell and slater obviously because slater is a little bit more of a versatile prospect uh if you pick sewell you're not going to get it wrong he's going to be an all pro tackle uh, yep. Next question. Slater, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's going to be an all-pro tackle. However, the Dolphins have two tackle. They have two guys that they trust that are playing tackle right now. If you draft Slater, you have a you have a kind of a free-for-all competition at tackle. Whoever loses becomes right guard. So yep. uh, either way, I think it works out for them. They can get a wide receiver running back later. It works out perfect. Uh, yeah. Falcons, my first pick. Uh, man, you made this hard by leaving Sewell on the board. That was um, the goal. I know, because you're a piece of shit. Um, so <laughs> they need, in in my opinion, their linebacking core is pretty solid. Uh, should they draft another one in this draft? Probably. Uh, but right here, eh, tight end, it seems like people think this is an enormous need for them. 
I think Hurst was pretty good last year. If you want a young influence there, I think you give that in the third or fourth round. I, th- I think you most likely trade back for this pick anyways, but if you're going to be here, your two biggest positions to need is edge and running back for this new offensive system. Both seem like a reach here. However, I get to have an, a little opt-out of a situation here. Uh, because Sewell's on the board, I'm going to take Panay Sewell. Uh, they Fuck. they could use O-line help for sure. It screws you over next pick for the Bengals. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, in my opinion, they're, they're either trading back or reaching for a guy they can't miss at edge or running back. Or they're taking O-line. I mean, like, or they're taking the quarterback there. But because you left Sewell, I'm going to take Sewell to make this easier for myself. Fair. Um, and I think if Sewell was there, that's probably the pick for the Cincinnati Bengals at no, five prob- overall. Oh, probably. Definitely. There's no. <laughs> well, they, they did just sign Riley Reef. Uh, some to, people think that Jonah Williams. He yeah, he's definitely the right tackle. I think some people think they believe in Jonah as their left tackle. He put on some good film throughout the year last year. Uh however, he's your left guard. Uh, I think Jonah Williams is gonna move into left guard. I think they need a left tackle, but with Slater and Sewell gone, uh yeah, I don't they, have they an get, option here. Yeah. You either you either trade back. There's no trades here though, so yeah, so I am going with Kyle Pitts, who is the number one pass catcher uh, in this draft. I understand that the Bengals definitely have needs on defense. I think I think they landed something with the linebackers that they drafted last year. I think, uh, what was it, Davis Gaither played fairly yeah. well down the stretch. Um, so I don't think Parsons makes a ton of sense here. What I do think they covet is just a ton of guys that can play all over the field and be weapons for Joe Burrow once he does return Kyle Pitts in my opinion is that for them and honestly like they're starting Drew Sample at tight end if not so yeah and it's kind of a need and Burrow was using the tight end position when he was in there last year uh so I think Pitts is a smart pick it with Slater and Sewell off the board it's a no-brainer that if they're sticking at five they're picking a pass catcher in my opinion. So yeah, it's pretty much, honestly, it's probably Chase or Pitts. I think that's the only two. And Chase is because of the connection. And he's amazing. Speaking of Chase, uh, he's going to be the Eagles pick here. <laughs> um, uh, if you have uh, Waddle or uh, Devin Smith higher than him, your process could be perfectly correct. I have Chase at one. I think he's different than most of the receivers on this Eagles roster, especially the ones I trust, which I guess is pretty much none of them. So <laughs> Jamar Chase is the pick, in my opinion, the best receiver in the draft. And Eagles get him, and they hopefully do not screw this up. Uh, there's a good chance they pick. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Rondo Moore here at six. I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> guessing off of last year's draft. Uh, <laughs> but Jamar, enough, Jamar Chase is is incredible. Inside and outside, uh, there there are some questions on possibly release against press and a couple other things. I think he clearly works that out at the next level with some good coaching. So, uh, great yeah. pick for them. And I thankfully, <laughs> do you have anything on that? No, I mean, I I do think that once I think Pitts is going to be the first pass catcher off the board. I really do. After that happens, it's really really. 
team dependent. So well, if it's the Eagles, I think Chase makes more sense. I think that also is team dependent as well because if the first patch catcher goes at three to the Dolphins, it's not going to be Pitts. Actually, you know what? It could be. It, it, hey, fits it could there. be. But they already have a tight end they love that's more of an outside guy. They already have two of the same kind of body types as Pitts. It doesn't yeah. make sense, but it also makes sense if they're there. <laughs> If yeah. they draft like the Packers, that is, you know, no diversity, just the same thing over and over and hope it gets the same result. Uh, yeah. It doesn't, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. Uh, uh, yeah, but J- Jamar Chase is incredible. And now we move on to the Lions, who are another team that could trade back in this draft, stockpile for the future, especially if that future is without Jared Goff, which it very well could be. Um, biggest needs, wide receiver corner, technically offensive line. I don't think they draft a quarterback here, even though there's two here on the board. Um, I think they use that to trade out, <laughs> just get the biggest haul they can. But because they're sitting here, and their wide receiver room is pretty bad, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give them... Uh, flip a coin. Flip a coin. <laughs> uh, I'll give them... I'll give him Devonta Smith. I'll give I'll give the Heisman Trophy winner his respect. Uh, I, I wish uh, media was going a little bit better for him. There's there's a lot of weird. I, yeah, I, I don't absolutely love how he's going about this draft process. Um, refusing to work out. Uh, if there's some injury concerns there, that's perfectly fine. I get that. If you want your season to speak for itself, I get that as well. But it. It, the I I mean we know multiple people that were at the media day. His questions and answers were a little bit weird. Uh, a lot sure. of standoffish, like why the hell are you asking me that question stuff, especially with the size. And that's probably his biggest concern. So it makes sense why they're asking that question, in my opinion. And when you don't want to work out and you just say what your weight is and you've refused to weigh in twice now. Uh, yeah, you know, he did the same thing at the senior bowl. Uh, you know, it starts to become a thing where if you, I think if he was fully in this process as some of these other guys were, he may be even more and more in the consideration at three, possibly even four and five. I think he moves down to seven for me now because he keeps doing shit like this. Imagine if he doesn't step on a scale tomorrow, which I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Yeah. I, and I, <laughs> I it's I I, th- I think I think what his mindset must be is I've put on two good seasons of tape. One season was with two top twenty picks. Um, and and I I made the argument last year heading into last year's draft, assuming he was coming out, that he was the best receiver on Alabama with Judy there and with Rugs. And you didn't agree with that. You had Judy ahead of Smith, I think. Of course, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I love Jerry Judy. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, but, but I made that argument now. Like, I, I do question what, what he's really doing. I guess, like, he left it on the field and that's his mind. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he's doing this. I think, I think there's a chance he gets drafted here. I think someone might take Waddle over him if, if Waddle checks out 100%. Yeah, and he may, but that doesn't necessarily shoot him down the board at all or anything like that. Um, We know Jerry Jones might not be able to resist him. Uh, I think the Giants are a great landing spot for whatever receiver falls. 
So, yeah. I mean, worst case, you fall a little bit. Uh, but I just because of how good a season he had, it, it's the thing with all with all this. It's just he could like remove doubt and remove questions, and that's the biggest thing for these months leading up to the draft. That's why me and you had like such we we have so much concern if any team that needs a quarterback and is picking one, two, four, six, whatever, isn't at every of the top five quarterbacks pro days and isn't exactly. studying everything to completion. Like you have to make the right choice. Uh, I think Devonta Smith could be the right choice, but if he is what 70 or below, we have a very, very limited pool of players that have been successful at that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like Deshaun Jackson. That's it. That and he's and life. he was injury ridden throughout his career. Uh, Devontae Smith is currently injured too, like it's, from going across the middle once in the championship yeah. game once. and dropping the pass. Yeah. Uh, so man, yeah. I feel like we're bashing the kid. He's good. He's good at football. We're bashing obviously. the kid that I just picked at seven in the NFL <laughs> right. fucking draft. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, but moving on. Panthers at eight. Justin Fields. Moving on. Great. Uh, you're up. <laughs> this yeah, is quite I, possibly the best landing spot for Justin Fields. Uh, it's also the best landing f- spot for Deshaun Watson. Uh, if he ever gets out of uh, the massage parlor. Um, so I'm going to say that it's probably the best landing spot for every quarterback. <laughs> like if Dak didn't resign with the Cowboys, everyone was like, well, Panther seems like the man, a lot of makes sense, you know? It's like, yes, because they have all the weapons all fucking ready. <laughs> yeah. So it makes perfect sense. You plop Justin Fields into that offense. Maybe he sits four games or something uh, for letting Teddy Bridgewater feel out the process as he gets through everything. Uh, but he's going to have a full training camp, so I doubt that's going to be the case. He's going to absolutely kill it. If he, goes to, if he goes to Carolina, he's absolutely going to kill it. And in this scenario, they don't trade, which I think they would have to. But if they don't have to trade and get to pick him at eight, my God. <laughs> yep. Yep. Getting QB2 at QB3 and also just an incredible value at eight. I love it. Um, this is ideal. That's ideal. Um, okay. Broncos. I think they're a sneaky player in the quarterback game. And I know that you still have belief in Drew Locke, and I still have some sort of belief in Drew Locke. The problem is, I don't know that the Broncos have complete faith in Drew Locke. I think there were times last year where he flashed and there were times that he was just not great. Um, However, I, I always lead into these with my, however, I'm not picking a quarterback. I, I think if they add, they're going to go via free agency still. I think there are certain guys that would make sense to at least like challenge Locke. Exactly. I think that's where we're at. Uh-oh. And so and so, this pick would have been Caleb Farley seven hours ago. Uh, but if you guys didn't see the news, Caleb Farley just had a procedure on his back, uh, which is the same back that he uh, lost a couple games out of his 2019 season uh, because of <clears throat> it's a fairly simple procedure, but uh, that does raise some questions about if he is going to be 100%, his camp says that he'll be ready by training camp. However, I think this is, I mean, I saw some, Connor Rogers, I believe, 
tweeted out he thinks this knocks him out of the first round. Uh, this is a good Ooh. corner class. I don't. I think some team is still going to take a shot on Farley. I don't think he's a top ten pick now because of it. And so, this is something I've been flirting with uh, for a little while. But I, I think some team is going to be infatuated with J.C. Horn. And I think if there's a team that's going to do it, it's going to be the Broncos. And I know, like Sweet was all in on on Sertain, and and he definitely could fit as well. But the physicality the Horn brings. While I think it's going to lead to some penalties, and there's definitely cause for concern there, uh, he also just brings a lot of physicality. And so I think Vic Fangio is going to want to get that done. J.C. Horn at nine overall. First corner. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Don't disagree. Um, I I think it's going to be a little bit overblown right now, first day, getting the impact. I think when we get to next month, I think Carol Farley is going to be back up in the conversation without question. Maybe this concern for injury puts him at third for a lot of teams. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. let me tell you what, uh, the top three are flying off the board. So <laughs> yeah. speaking of Patrick Sertain is going to be a cowboy for me. Um, yeah. I think if any of the top two or three on their board are there, that's what they're going with. Plain and simple. Uh, certain's incredible uh, a lot of times people just refuse to even look at him <laughs> they schemed away from him that's a power that any defense could use he could immediately compete for their quarterback one spot i'm all for it yeah i like it i like it a lot and plus you just put together a one of the best secondaries in college football in uh trayvon diggs and patrick certain uh, except now Sertain is the one, Diggs is the two, where I think it was opposite at Bama. Yes, I did. Um, and now we go to the Giants, which, let me double check, I don't think they really had a great signing yet. They, Kenny Galladay. I, I meant, <laughs> okay, so, so here's here's the problem now. They signed Kenny Galladay. I think Jay and Waddle makes perfect sense for them. However, now that they have signed Kenny Galladay, there's a chance they check that box off the list here. Yep. Uh, they also signed a three-year, about $13 million deal today with the Dory Jackson. Yep. Check so that, that box. Might take corner off. Yep. They re-signed Leonard Williams. That's pretty much it at D-line. So... Because of those two big signings, one today, I'm going an edge. Uh, I think Waddle would have made perfect sense. I know they got rid of Golden Tate, uh, but they still have a slot guy. They still have every Ingram that plays in the slot. They have two outside guys. They have an, an elite running back. I, I, I mean, what else could you say about that team? I know you have Aziz Ojolari as your one. I yep. think they pick Quiddy Bay, in my opinion. I think you're right. Uh, just, uh, I think he fits what they're going to want. Are their edge a little bit better? He's a slightly more versatile, too. Quiddy pay, size, speed, all the athletic traits that you want. A uh, little bit of question marks because you don't see everything on tape. That's just Michigan for you on defense. So the only thing you see is constant fair. loss to the Buckeyes. Uh, Thanks. Quiddy pay is going to be really good at the next level. Maybe this is a little bit 
high for his talent, but I mean, we're you have to go with team fit as well. Maybe they trade back here. I doubt it, but I'm just saying maybe they do. I think they stick with Quiddy Pay, and I think that fits them perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't argue it. I I think it does make some sense. I don't think Ojolari makes a ton of sense for that defense. No, so. it doesn't. And I think Rousseau would be a little bit of a reach here, even though it could fit with what they kind of like size to be athleticism wise. But yeah. I think Quiddy Pay is a more safer pick. Yeah. And now we get to the 49ers again. I'm, Three straight picks, which is the longest stretch for me, I believe. Um, yeah, they they could use a quarterback. I mean, they certainly could. It's not like they're set in stone there, but it's not like it's a dire need either. Uh, they're clearly sticking with Jimmy G. That doesn't mean they're sticking with him for the future. They invested heavily in the offensive line, sending Alex Mack and Trent Williams. Uh, wide receiver-wise, they didn't invest heavy. However, they've spent high capital the last two years at that position. Odds are they wait. Um, they re-signed two of their corners, two of their safeties. Or they signed a safety and re-signed one and re-signed two corner. Oh, no. Signed one and re-signed another. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so they're at a weird spot. Because <laughs> this, because of that injury, this normally is a spot for like J.C. Horn for me, or Farley. I think it still could be. Uh, they could technically still use interior offensive line, but is there anyone? The only one that would be close to a value here for that would be Vare Tucker. I'm just giving him Trey Lance and moving on. Damn. I think it. I think it's a good fit. I think it's kind of the perfect blend of the offense that they were trying to run with Alex Smith. Uh, back when he could move, and Colin Kaepernick, and what they have today with Jimmy G, I think he's their quarterback of the future. He could sit for the entire year, even though a lot of people don't think he needs to. I don't think he needs to, but it, I will never go on here and say that a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, should never sit. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Lawrence could do great things from sitting. Should he sit? Probably not. <laughs> will he sit? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you, I, I can't sit here and say that him sitting for six games and learning behind a, a well-tooled veteran won't help him. So uh, if Trey Lance is the starter day one, good for him. Uh, good for who the fuck ever. The Bears, maybe they get Jimmy G. <laughs> or, you know, like it, at this Patriots. point. Yeah, but they, I mean, I think they're going to rather have Cam instead of him. Yeah, I still think I there's a chance Patriots trade up for one of these guys or take a chance on Mac Jones at 15, but they, they're definitely going to get a QB of the future. I just don't know if it's from the draft or from a trade or what. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Um, I really, it doesn't throw a wrench in this next pick, but it throws a wrench in a pick I was going to make here in, in three more. Um, yeah, fuck well, you. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. I feel pretty fucked. Um, well, not here. This one's easy. But well, so for me, this is Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, uh, I think, I I don't think that's who you were going to pick. Uh, hell no, however, he's not going to play tackle. He, he might, 
And now remember when we did he, our, our our tackle episode, I mentioned him. He's definitely a better guard, but he did put on some decent tackle film. I the other part is that they invested heavily in their offensive line. Uh, they got Corey Lindsley, they got Matt Feeler, they have Brian Bulaga on the right side. So that side's set. That that side's fine. However, they're still starting Trey Pipkins and some fucker. I don't even know his name. Um, sorry, Mr. Uh, Ode Abushi is right now slotted into their left guard slot. I am going to just replace that name with another weird name in Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, I think he does probably start at left guard, but he is a developmental tackle too. And if he needs to slide over to left tackle, at least he has some film to back it up. So that's who I'm rolling with. You're going with Vera Tucker. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yep. <laughs> Over Darius. Yes. You I sure am. Bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Vera Tucker makes a little bit more sense for the Vikings, honestly. Uh, or the the Patriots, technically. But you know what? You do you. Um, your stupid self. Your stupid, <laughs> dumb, dumb self. So Vikings have invested kind of heavily in the defense this offseason. Not really in the O line. I think they are taking the shot there in the draft or at edge. I don't think at wide receiver, not at linebacker. They're getting Christian Darisaw. Fuck it. Christian Darisaw, I said on our last episode, was not getting past 13 or 14. So he's not getting past it in this fucking mock. I can tell you that. Yep. <laughs> Christian Darisaw is incredible. I, I truly believe he's a plug and play starting left tackle in the NFL. Well, I don't. So oh, you're stupid. So <laughs> I think he, no, I think he's probably, I think he's plug and play. I do think that there's like, he's got some things he could refine, but that's, he's a prospect and he's a good one. Very yeah. Good. Again, like, I don't understand. I know you're not, I don't understand why a lot of people get hung up on any of us saying that someone needs to work on something. Guess what? Fucking everybody, every prospect needs to work on stuff. Yeah. Every <laughs> this, single one. <laughs> I mean, like, Rodgers needs to work on playing better in the playoffs. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, People need to work on a lot of shit. That's true. Oh, man. I, uh... Darius, how makes sense. I'm, I'm on the clock with the Patriots, and I typed out what I, what so I was going to do. Their absolute abundance of free agent pickups. Well, so here's the thing. We have Micah Parsons sitting here, who is a top 15 talent. Really no doubt in my mind. Yeah. There is some off-field stuff, perhaps, that may make him fall. But the Patriots just went out and they signed, like, 37 linebackers. They literally have the best linebacking core in the NFL. D linemen, bro. Like, I they're... know. I don't, so, <laughs> and, and just 37 receivers. <laughs> um, I, so I know they signed, like, four receivers. Right? They signed two. They signed two. Yeah, John Aguilar, Henry, Henry as well. Aguilar and Kevin Bourne, who they were eyeing last year. They signed two tight ends. However, they do not have a dominant one receiver until now. Is that what's going on here? I don't I'll, think so. Are sir. you shitting me? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, 
Son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. I, I know I'm a bastard. I and when I make this pick. You're gonna you're gonna make I'm, you're... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I'm internally debating how much I want to piss you off. And it's not like that's not the <laughs> goal of this pick. I think it's a pick that makes sense. I'm not gonna do it, but I want to tell you what it is because I don't okay. I don't want to leave our listeners in suspense here. Najee Harris makes sense to the Patriots. It, it makes sense. Not necessarily. <laughs> I, I think well, no, I just don't think they draft that position here. Well, they got they, burned by Sony, so yeah, they got burned by Sony, but they had that 30, like they had that pick anyways. Like it's not like yeah, they weren't gonna pick again for like 30 picks, so they picked the running back they liked. I mean, they didn't really get in that, and I don't think they necessarily got burned. Sony was a very valuable <laughs> asset in a Super Bowl run. So he was. Uh it's early for Trayvon Morig. That is yeah. certain. Uh I think he makes sense with Patrick Chung retiring last week. Yeah, but uh, I think I think uh Jalen Mills is gonna kind of fall into that role slightly. Yeah. Uh what I'm gonna do is I just <laughs> I know you want me to take Waddle. I understand. Uh I'm I'm not. I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Caleb Farley. Okay. At least I can get behind that. Yeah. So that was the debate was between Najee and Farley. Farley makes sense because even if he's not healthy, they don't necessarily need him. They have JC Jackson. Uh, They have a a former defensive player of the year at, at the corner position in Gilmore. So I think this just makes them like if Farley develops, that that's stupid. That's not even fair. Well, I mean, J.C. Jackson, I don't, it does, all signs are pointing to him staying on the team. It doesn't seem like people are going to sign him for that tender. Uh, Stephon Gilmore only has one year left in his contract. Uh, the McCordy twins are getting to the retirement around age. Shung just retired. They drafted Duggar last year, who I think could make a bigger impact this year. Uh, but they're old in the secondary, besides J.C. Jackson, obviously, who could be off the team next year. So, I think it makes perfect sense. I also hate you because that was my pick for the Cardinals. This is now an ultra difficult pick because they <laughs> they need corner help. Um, they need technically they could use another tackle, but they technically need like kind of guard help more slightly. Like they're in a weird thing. I think with them signing AJ Green, I don't think they take Waddle here, even though that works. Uh, they also signed, they re-signed Beecham to basically no money. They signed Brian Winters, Max Garcia, and traded for the center, Rodney Hudson. They signed J.J. Watt and Marcus Golden, so edges out. I don't think they necessarily take a linebacker here, but I guess I see the need. <sighs> they lost Reddick. Yeah, but that was more edge. I. Yeah. <sighs> it's going to have to be Micah Parsons, honestly, because if I'm not taking Waddle, which I, I'm just not going to do because of the AJ Green signing, and you just took the, the last corner. the last top three corner. Yeah, I think they could like Newsom or Stokes or uh, Aaron Robinson, Asante Salmon, any of these guys, or Fitu. They could like him, but it might yeah. be a little bit of reach. So you got the Raiders up next, who are taking Michael Parsons. So. I'm taking Michael Parsons here, <laughs> just fucking that over, because I think it does fit. It does replace the Sun Reddick for him, 
Um, I think Micah Parsons is going to surprise a lot of people with how much he is going to transition to being more of an inside linebacker at the NFL. He's got top tier speed everywhere. Now that defense will have Micah Parsons and Isaiah Simmons rotating to around that middle linebacker spot as well as being everywhere else in the field. That's scary athletic systems being on the same team. I don't gross. I <laughs> yeah. that division that is perennially going to be an absolute bloodbath and and the Cardinals get better on defense. Jesus. Yeah. All right, before we get into our next pick, we do want to mention Dynasty Trade Calculator. We've been trying to push this to you guys, uh, and so now we're going to just go full-fledged. Dynasty Trade Calculator is the best trade calculator in the world. Uh, There is no better one in the world. Uh, Randy and I, we do use it when we are using trade calculators, when we're trying to navigate through our trades in our Dynasty Leagues. Uh, Randy actually put me onto them. And it's the most comprehensive trade calculator you'll ever come across. You could go to, uh, you know, my employer, Fantasy Pros, uh, and look up their their values. But why do that when you have a trade calculator that can do it for you? You got to do all that math and plug yeah. it in and put it on paper. That sounds boring. And you're a nerd. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. Fuck so. That. Instead, go to the link in our bio, click on Dynasty Trade Calculator, and get set up with your trade calculator for this, I mean, this crazy offseason. You're about to, once the NFL draft happens, we know how Dynasty Leagues go. You you start making an insane amount of trades as soon as you get to your rookie drafts. Because oh your, your so guy, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I mean, I in the middle of the NFL draft, so... Go get set up now. Click the link in the bio and the description. Not the bio. There's no fucking bio. This is a podcast episode. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm on the clock. 17. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing with the Raiders. If they I did saw. a lot of weird shit. <laughs> like, no, so they didn't do a lot of weird shit. I, they may do. They may have been early to do some things. But the way they set up their offensive line was they got they spent money. That's where they spent the money. They got the best guys they could find. Uh, Hudson, I think, was a weird one because he was kind of the leader that was always there. Gabe Jackson was off and on the field and play off and on as well. Same with Trent Brown, who barely played the last couple of years. Uh, I think they decided to get cheaper at the offensive line and get younger. I th- I think that's their I think that's their move. I think they decided, hey, our defense is so bad, we're gonna get rid of these three older guys on the whole line, get younger, and spend that money on our T line on the other side. Because that's what the fuck they did. <laughs> they did. And so So here's the, so they signed Ngakwe. I think Edge is out of the question at so this point. They they've signed they signed Kenny Drake theoretic. So running back room is done. They signed John Brown, re-signed Isaiah Jones, and brought back Derek Carrier to be their blocky tight end. So their wide receiver room is kind of done as well. Yeah. Uh, they re-signed Incognito, re-signed Denzel Good, so they have their guards right now. They've signed two centers now, Nick Martin, and they brought back one from last year, I believe, uh, but he's not on my list right here. That happened today. Then they signed Ngakwe, Jonathan Hankins, Quentin Jefferson, 
Matt Dickerson, Solomon Thomas on their D line. I know. And then they brought back Moreau. So <laughs> they have spent the money at D line <laughs> for to figure it out at least for one year. Yep. 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 <laughs> and so we know Mike Mayock doesn't give a fuck about value. He just takes players. He, takes he took legs. He took Damon Arnett. He took Cleland Farrell. Uh, and so ah, I'm going with Trayvon Morig here. And Ooh. here's why. Uh, right now, slotted into the starting position, I believe would be Jeff Heath uh, at the opposite safety, right? Ooh. Opposite Abram. I don't. I don't know. Exactly. So I think that actually it's better that you don't know because it reinforces my point that they don't have really anyone at uh, their other safety position. So you can have Trayvon uh, Morig actually out in coverage. You can get Abram off of coverage and just play him in the box because he's not really good in coverage. He'll take your head off, though. Yeah, he's a good closer. He's got great closing speed to get. So it makes up for what he does, uh, but you just need him to be him. <laughs> he, yeah. he he's he's him. He's not he's not <laughs> an actual safety position. You just let him live. Yes, and so uh, with that being the case, I know you know it, it doesn't really fit the Mike Mayock like uh, big big program Power Five uh, like studs that he likes to draft. However. We've seen that that hasn't really worked out for him in the past. I think he might go a different direction here. Morig is the best safety in this class. And so while most people are going to mock him in the 20s and 30s, which is understandable because that's probably where he would land on a big board for me. Uh, Maybe not even that high. Maybe he's a a second-round player when it's all said and done. I don't remember what my final grade on him was, but I wouldn't put it past Mayock to just say, all right, Let's fix our secondary. We're not going to reach on a corner again like we did last year. Instead, we're going to reach on a safety. Man, you're killing me. It's not a bad pick by any means, but just seeing that Tevin Jenkins, who is like a picture perfect, like, hey, we got rid of Trent Brown. Ooh, look. (laughs) Like, just to throw him back at right tackle, it makes perfect sense. However, uh, they can also get a tackle later. I also think they can get a safety later, but definitely not the caliber of Mo Rig. Yeah, not not at least uh, with their next pick. So, and like I said, Mayock reaches. It's not what I would do. I I should specify that that's not what I would do. But these are meant to be predictive, and Mike Mayock just goes off the rails every fucking year. So only with his first selection. <laughs> True. And then he he nails the other one. And he's um, just like, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dolphins are on the clock. I am on the clock again with the Dolphins at 18. Yeah, this, uh, this, I, this just this worked is, out perfect for you. This yeah, is bullshit. It's, it's, uh, this is an easy pick. I know they did just sign Will Fuller, like I mentioned, when I selected Rashawn Slater for them. But Jalen Waddle fell all the way to 18, which I think is a likely scenario. I think... Uh, Maybe that's, not necessarily Waddle, but I think so. There's a chance one of the three fall. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think. I think that's likely that one of the three fall, especially with how free agency has shaken out. And so Jalen Waddle gets 
matched up with his uh his second favorite quarterback. Obviously, it's not Mac Jones thrown to him, but it, it'd still be a good fit. The Dolphins then would have uh, weaponry of Mike Gesicki. They would have Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. That's that's all you need. Tua would yeah. have no excuse. And I think there's a chance Parker or Preston was eventually gone from that group, but you don't have to do that this year. You just figure it the fuck out. And yeah. then there's no excuse left for Tua, really, If especially with you already picking an offensive line for him. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the pick. All right. Now I'm on the clock with a rough one with the Washington football team. Mac Jones is on the board. For a good uh, reason. Yeah, for, okay. <laughs> he should be. Um, so they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's their big ticket item. <laughs> At quarterback, one year deal. They have oh god. They don't have Kyle Allen. What's who's their quarterback? Their uh backup. It's uh, yeah, I know right. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. So that's the guy that they are banking the future of the team on right now. So <laughs> Mac Jones does make a ton of sense. The other one that I think makes perfect sense for them is Tevin Jenkins. Uh, they do have still have a massive need to tackle. They brought back Brandon Scherf on a franchise tag. They signed a center, um, and Tyler Larson. Probably the f- kind of future, uh, but they brought in Curtis Samuel to try and help this offense a lot. Uh, they signed a corner to help there. They brought in David Mayo to somewhat help that linebacker room. Michael Parsons not here. I'm not giving him Owusu-Koromoa, who's kind of a hybrid Jeremy Chin slash linebacker slash safety. Um, even though I think that would fit. So for me, it's either Mac Jones or Tevin Jenkins. Eek. Which is hilarious because I think that's the same thing for the Bears next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But because the Bears signed Dalton and they have Nick Foles, I'm going to give Washington Mac Jones for the QB of the future. Right? <laughs> so he's off the board. And then I'm going to go right into Tevin Jenkins for the Bears. Just done. They Their biggest needs quarterback, tackle, wide receiver, corner. Wide receiver does make sense here. But because they have the franchise tag, and it's signed for Allen Robinson because he apparently wasn't going to get that money anywhere else, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, <laughs> I think they kick that can to the next round uh, and get the a starting tackle, which they desperately need, Tevin Jenkins, who is an absolute beast of a person <laughs> that has a couple things to work out on. Um, it, it also, again, kind of fucks you over, which I'm perfectly fine with. I love doing that, actually. It certainly does, sir. Uh, I actually thought you were going to go with Cosme instead of Tevin. I thought about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I kind of wish you would have, but that's okay. Uh, I, think, I think Cosme makes more sense for the teams remaining. I think Tevin Jenkins fits with what is going to need to be done to kind of fix this entire Bears offensive line. Just saying. Yeah. I just cleared out my whole draft like you did the last time we did this, so fuck on me. Um, (laughs) Okay, so with the Colts pick at 21, I am going to select Samuel Cosme because – they have a drastic need at left tackle. Yeah. I, well, they signed a tackle today that 
it's like the sites were trying to hype it. There's no hype for that side. <laughs> like they still need to tackle desperately. Like let's not have any bones about this. They need a fucking tackle. <laughs> yeah, and so Samuel Cosme makes a ton of sense. He can just step right in. Uh, we we talked about Cosme quite a bit on Thursday's episode, so make sure you guys go check that out. We talked about all these offensive linemen that are being drafted here. Um, and so I, I think Cosme is probably, like you said, uh, a plug-and-play type of guy where he he immediately could step in and start. I don't know that it's ideal that he does that, but I also think he's got the tools that, it would make sense he could be successful in that system. Yep. Agreed. All right. So as yeah, you're just just keep going. You're you're on your a roll here with picks. I sure am, except I refresh my shit. So you just gotta talk okay. to me talk to me about Cosme <laughs> for one more second. <laughs> well, we did go into him a lot in our last episode. I think he's a plug and play day one, absolute perfect starter. At right tackle for any team, meaning there's less less need for immediate growth. I think he could be the left tackle for the Colts, especially because of the linemen around him in the system he's going to. I don't think there's going to be any problem uh, with him starting day one at left tackle. I think he'd probably be overshadowed and won't be all pro uh, for a few seasons because of you know who the fuck the guards are there. Um, <laughs> but I don't think they are going to have him right tackle. I think they're set at that position. I don't think they're moving their right tackle, left tackle. I think Cosme fits perfectly. Uh, yeah, I think Tevin cool. Jenkins may... Yeah, I, I think they'd like Cosme more than Jenkins, too. So I think so, too, because I think Jenkins, like we talked about, I think he's more of a right tackle. Uh, especially, I mean, that's where he played in college. So I think with Cosme having experience on that left side, I think that makes some sense. All right, I am caught up. I am picking for the Titans. And sure. yeah, and I can't I can't I can't pick Kadarius Tony in this draft. I can't fucking do it. I don't think he should go in the first round. I think teams know that he probably shouldn't be a first rounder. And so I'm giving them Rashad Bateman. That fits perfectly. They don't have a wide receiver two on this team. Um I said before Corey Davis couldn't really get the job done until AJ Brown was there. I think the I think AJ Brown could do the job without a dominant two. Let's not even give that to be a, a fucking question. Give him a dominant two, uh, who have, uh, probably won't have eclipse him for the one, but I think it could be a one A one B situation. I love Bateman. He's my wide receiver too. I think he could play inside outside. Guess what? He's not going to have to for the Titans because they really only use two wide receivers anyways. So <laughs> yeah, it's very true. All right. And then uh, I am back on the clock for the next like 97 picks. Yeah, and so I, I am up with the jets. I am looking up one thing before I make this selection. What's uh, that? Don't I you worry help. about it. Ah, uh, that's what I thought. Mm. So my pick here was actually going to be Landon Dickerson. Uh, however, they did just sign Connor McGovern. There is an out after this year. I believe his contract's up after this they, year. They also signed Dan Feeney to be their backup center. Yes. Um, so, but there is a lot of discussion in circles that later Dickerson will be a guard because of his size. 
and the injury concerns uh, allow him to, you know, not be as pivotal to the team if he gets a little banged up. So what I am going to do then is I am going to select Greg Newsom, the second. Uh, This is a guy that's getting a ton of hype. Uh, I tweeted out today that I would take Fatu Malafonwu over Greg Newsom if I were a GM. However, I don't think that NFL GMs are going to see it that way. Malafonwu has more athletic traits, and he definitely improved from year to year. Newsom's just sticky with really, really good ball skills. I think the Jets definitely need a guy like that. So, 100%. Let's go with Newsom, uh, which I kind of just uh, fucked myself a little bit here. Uh, I mean, Steelers need a corner, tackle, running back, center, guard. Uh, I mean, they need need quarterback in the future, but that's not going to be picked here. Kill him on, bro. Uh, Yes, so... Uh, So, tackle, let's see who's left. Um, Mayfield, Eichenberg, Raidens would be the top for a a ton of people. Um, Maybe slightly reach here. Obviously, Najee Harris is here. As well as ETN and Javante at that position. Corner would be about Stokes. People I would take in the first, it would be Stokes, Afitu, Tyson Campbell. I think those are the only three that I'd be absolutely confident going at pick 24 or at like 30, 32. Like that's completely different. But I. Oh, man. So last year, it was it was guaranteed that Clyde Edwards-Alaire would not be the first running back selected, and then he was, right? Like, there was no one up until the day before the draft that thought that there was even a chance of that because we had DeAndre Swift, we had Jonathan Taylor, we had J.K. Dobbins, even Cam Akers was ahead of Clyde for some. <sighs> and had that work out. It didn't, and it, but <laughs> it's but that was a luxury pick for a team that knew they had one year left of their team cap being basically plus. They didn't really care. Um, they were trying to get a running back of the future. I think it did work out a lot of the year, but when it came to the Super Bowl, it didn't really matter. They needed corner help instead, in my opinion, and definitely tackle help, which is hilarious for this pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going with Landon Dickerson. I was going to go with Javante Williams, actually, over Najee Harris because I've I've read a lot that the Steelers are doing extensive work on Javante, and he is the perfect back for that system. Like, there is no better fit. I think Najee fits as well, perfectly. I don't think ETN does as much. No, definitely not. But, I mean, Najee's just a beautiful bruiser and pass catcher where Javante does do that. Uh, but because Michael Carter was so good, he wasn't asked to do as much. Landon Dickerson's incredible. You watch his film, there's no concerns. Obviously, we're going to get into him next episode. Uh, his his film is uh, starting day one player. No question. Yeah. So, Sir, could you help me out here? Of course. Did, did the Jaguars <laughs> sign a tight end? <laughs> no. Seems, seems like no. No, no, they did not. <laughs> Right. I can Actually, go through. I, I got you. They signed Carlos Hyde, Jamal Agnew, 
Philip Dorsett, Marvin Jones, Ken Robinson resigned, uh, Tyler Shatley, Dwayne Smoot, Alulu, uh, Jihad Ward, Malcolm Brown, uh, D- Roy Robertson Harris, Sidney Jones, Shaq Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, uh, Rui Ford, <laughs> Rayshon Jenkins. So they got secondary, D tackles, D end. Yeah. And okay. I mean, they, they signed Marvin Jones, that receiver. <laughs> okay. I, I do think they need offensive weapons. However, one thing that we haven't, I mean, we haven't hit a few positions here in this draft for whatever reason. Uh, I know that they went out and they got a lot of defensive help. However, they didn't get a guy quite like Jeremiah Uzukoromoa. Okay. Who is. Okay. I, I can he, get around it. It's... So I, I think. I think where Uzukoromo is going to thrive to start is either at will, at, at a will linebacking spot, or just in sub packages as a nickel blitzer. And, or, I mean, it, he's pretty sticky in coverage too. Like, I, I think no, he, he is. It's, it's not like it's not a fit, but it seems to be for them, especially with their signings, kind of like a luxury pick. If you go by drift. Um, because they signed two safeties at two quarters, and they have uh Miles Jack and um Joe Schobert already at the linebacking room, they could use the third guy hundred percent. They have more outside linebackers as edge rushers as well. So that does fit into this kind of weird scheme. So he would yeah. kind of fit into a will slash in the box safety slash neckle corner. So it's kind of weird. Um, it's definitely an embarrassment of riches on the defense, so I don't hate it. Uh, but I, I think I think the maybe a tackle I'd value higher, but I, I can't argue with what yeah. you're doing because you, you essentially cover linebacker safety and nickel corner all in one pick, at least yeah. for upside potential. Obviously, there's some question marks here and there about all that, but yeah, yeah. Musa right. is going to be a, a great player at the next level if he is used properly. Uh, big, so. big if, big if. Well, it's the same thing if Isaiah Simmons isn't used right. But, yeah. I mean, he won't be that great. Jeremy Chin was used right last year. He played exceptionally well for a rookie. I mean, that's how that works. And even Kyle Duggar was used pretty. Correctly. He was used right. Uh, Winfield was used right. Delpit was used. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's the Browns deck. Sorry. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I think. Wait, do, do. <laughs> I, I don't even know which one you're talking about here. You're on the Browns. Uh, you know who I want. <laughs> it, what position? Edge. The, the only <laughs> position they didn't sign anyone good. Tack McKinley was okay. Tack McKinley is at best a lottery ticket, which they already have a lottery ticket. It's quarter two. <laughs> they do. Uh, and so, man, so Ojolari, I think, is fun. It's not just Especially, fun, it's right. <laughs> it is right. He's my it, edge one. Here's the thing. I'll agree with you on one thing here. Looking at the edges right now. Looking at who's off the board. You could wait. You could get yeah. an edge next round. Looking at the corner board, you could maybe wait. 
<laughs> uh, it, it, it gets I think, pretty tough. I think that's what you're looking at. So I'll it is. It but so, and then I'm also debating between Ojolari and Jalen Phillips. Does a team like the Browns, who have been very careful, uh, consider the injury risks with Jalen Phillips, knowing that if he pans out, that's a home run pick. Jalen Phillips, if, I, if he gets past the injuries, he's the best edge in this class. Bar not to me. But <laughs> looking at their last two like major defensive selections being Greedy Williams and Grant Dalpit, both having injury concerns early in their career, them being more of a playoff South Super Bowl contending team right off the bat, I think you need clarity at this pick. A guy that yeah. you know will perform day one and be a value to getting your team to the next level, which you're probably one fumble away from playing the Bills in the AFC Championship game who played awful in that game. So you could have been a play a football away from the Super Bowl. That's true. Okay. Um, so what so I'm, taking Aziz, I'm taking Aziz Ojolari. That's Alpha. what I'm doing. I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had this whole conversation, and you, you're still picking Aziz. I sure am. Who I love, uh, and I and is kind of a mix, uh, three four four three guy for me. I think he's gonna just because of his size, more than anything. Yeah, um, I think he's. I think he day one can be a three four outside linebacker, um, or an off ball four three guy. So I think he fits. Maybe he adds ten fifteen pounds over his first season. Who gives a shit? I think he's a, an extremely excellent edge. I think him and his effort and speed on the other side of Garrett with what they've done to get pass rush D tackles and the three tech, if they get a, a true one tech nose tackle, that D line is absolutely terrifying. Yep. All right. So here I'm also in a tough spot with the Ravens because I think their biggest need is clearly pass catcher. They need uh, some weapons on offense. But do they value it? That's well, see, that's where we here. get in the conversation. Because while the board has lent itself uh, to them passing on the position right now, possibly trading back, um, like their highest draft receiver of the roster is what Hollywood Brown, and yep. I think they clearly like a type of guy, and they I do. think they. They clearly want guys that can get open quick off the ball because of Lamar and their passing scheme. Some guys that can go deep because obviously Lamar does have a cannon. If he could somehow rein in his accuracy on those throws, um, he can be absolutely lethal as to yeah. what Mike Vick was. I mean, yeah. So, so I'm but, picking like Kadarius st- Tony. You are? I am. I think they have a type. That's the type. What did I, I know? See? Kadarius Phony today. Yeah. Seems lazy, but also love it. I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> there was a lot of discourse about Kadarius Tony and uh, Rondale Moore in my mentions with Peter Howard from uh, DLF. But Kadarius Tony, he fits the mold of what the Ravens have looked for in the past. And so I know everyone says they need a big body receiver, and that's very accurate. They do. But the, are they going to draft the, that way? No. I mean, but we have seen uh, now maybe it was the wide receiver coach or the OC or whatever, but. I mean, Des Bryant's all but come out and said he was killing it in practice with Lamar, and in games, the coach told Lamar not to throw to him, to throw to all the speed guys on the short routes instead, 
And I, it, their offense looked bad because of it, at least passing attack, in my opinion. Um, yeah. If it wasn't a seam route by Mark Andrews, and if it wasn't Lamar missing, or if he was, if he actually hit Hollywood deep, their offense looked incredible. But since he only did that one of every seven times, uh, <laughs> their yeah. offense passing wise looked inept at times. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of factors, including Lamar, the receivers, and the coach. But I mean, yeah. you give him Kadarius Tony, uh, it's kind of the same thing. Quick passes, it's just another weapon. I mean, you yeah. can draft a big body guy later too. Yeah. If you don't truly value it here, which yeah. I don't think I necessarily do. I, I mean, of the big body receivers, I did not. All right, let's zip through these picks, dude. Okay, yeah. So Saints, uh, they had to cut a lot of things. Um, <laughs> their whole team. They're a weird thing. I'm going to give them Rondo more. I truly believe Rondo is incredible. I think with what they're doing with this offense and these two quarterbacks, they have pretty much limited it to only, uh, <laughs> only Michael Thomas as a receiving threat. Uh, beside, oh, I guess Alvin Kamara too. Uh, but those are that's it. So I gotta give him another one. I think they could use quarterback linebacker, but eh, fuck it, uh, <laughs> dude. So really quickly, I know yeah. I said let's zip through these. Jeff uh, wanted me to select Rondell Moore to the Bills, and I told him I could make that happen <laughs> because I was the yep. AFC. Yet again, uh, I fucked Jeff over. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. However, I didn't want to take Rondell Moore. I know Jeff had some good justification for it, but I probably wasn't going to do it. So thank you for making that easier for me. I'm of sorry, course. Any, any, anytime. Um, <laughs> so the Packers have pretty much just resigned Aaron Jones. That's fucking it. Um, I truly don't really value a receiver here. I love Amnar St. Brown. I think he's going to go to the second round. So it's basically Terrence Marshall left. I think it, they should just wait. Uh, so that leaves quarter tackle or D tackle. Um, corner Eric Stokes makes sense. Let's see about Chicago. Who's who's here? Liam Eikenberg, Jalen Mayfield, Dylan Radens. Think that makes sense. But I can't let Christian Barrymore not go. They need a D tackle up as well. Um, it's probably like their fourth need, honestly. But there's a little bit more depth slash waiting at the other positions. D tackle is not an ultra deep position. Barrymore is incredible. I think he's a first round talent, so he's going to the Packers. I respect it. Um, I know that the Bills just signed uh, Jacob Hollister. I know they have Dawson Knox. I know that they have Anita Corner, but we've seen a ton come off the board. Have we? <laughs> I mean, Define a ton, because I think that's four. I mean, that's that's a pretty good amount. I, I think the thing is, I think the Bills especially could use like a nickel corner. Uh, although I, I do believe they, Josh they Norman a, is a free agent. They need a corner too as well. It's not yeah. just a nickel. Um, You're right. They do. Um, Which is, I mean, that's been what's drafted to them forever. Um, yeah. Besides running back, obviously, and wide receiver, which I think they're deeper at wide receiver than people want to talk about. Um, yeah. I mean, have they really done anything in the market? I don't really think so. No. They uh, signed Trubisky. 
Sanders at wide receivers. So yeah, they signed Hollister, re-signed tackle, signed a guard, re-signed Matt Miller, uh, Matt Milano, Matt Miller, <laughs> signed a, a corner Levi Wallace that won't really do much. So yeah, essentially what I was thinking is Pat Fryermuth. He makes sense. Brevin Jordan makes some sense he for what they do. Does, but it, it's kind of like it's kind of like what I said for a couple other teams. It's more of a a luxury pick. Yeah. Where they do still have some needs to get to that next level. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Melfonwu here at corner for he the Bills. Did. He he's gonna be their immediate corner too, and I think he's gonna excel in that role. Fitu's a god. I he's one of my favorite players in this draft, to be honest, dude. Yeah. Um okay, and then I am on the clock with the Chiefs. Um Man, everyone tackle, needs receivers. Tackle, 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 tackle. It's got, it's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be tackle. They, they've literally they cut both tackles and their center, and then they proceeded to sign quite possibly the best guard in the league, and Kyle Long, who with his slim down frame now, uh, is looking to play more of a guard. They signed Mike Remmers, uh, re-signed him to a one-year deal to possibly be a starting tackle. They have. Niang to possibly be a starting tackle. They also have uh, Dr. Whatever coming back to be a guard. So I don't know how that offensive line is shaking out. I think they need a starting tackle for sure. Yeah, I'll give them Jalen Mayfield. I don't agree with the pick, obviously, with how I have him ranked. If you guys go check out that last episode as well. Uh, however, I see where he could, if he doesn't work out. I mean, I know they just signed 87 guards. And they have a lot on the roster, but if he doesn't work out, he can slide in. I think he, you and I disagreed on that. I think he can uh, play a guard position well, fairly well. We didn't disagree. I said he shouldn't, not that he couldn't. There's a difference. Yeah, but Jalen Mayfield, he's he's got a little bit of mobility. He would make sense for the Chiefs. So I will slot him here, even if I don't think that's the case. I think I have a third round grade on him. That's what I said okay. last week, right? I so. think that's wrong, but uh, I was I think I have a second on it or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Uh, when we get to the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have re-signed fucking everyone that's not named Ndamukong Sue. Uh, I think they still have a chance to rework that deal and bring him back. They do need a D-tackle if he's not back. However, with Barrymore gone a couple picks ago, I think on Wuzurike would in Nixon would fit. I think that's more of a second round where they could get maybe Tommy Togiali or what well, I can't pronounce that name right now. Togie. Or Togie, thank you. There's a couple of other guys that can get in the second or third round that really fit there. Um Edge again, they re-signed everyone, so fuck that. I'm giving them Dylan Radens. Um because I truly believe they still could get an upgraded right tackle. They also could use an upgraded guard. Um and Radens does both exceptionally well. Uh, and I think the senior bowl kind of proved to a lot of people that he can do it against better competition. I think that you got to protect Brady. He can't run. So <laughs> make sure you don't have a hole going into next year at the line, no matter what. Worst case, he first year is your, your O-line six. I think he starts, though. And I, I think running back is a luxury pick yet again. Um. I However, think it makes sense, but I think they would rather wait. And 
I mean, like we've we've said plenty of times that they could wait and get certain guys that would absolutely fit perfect as just a pure pass catcher on this team. I think they do that instead. So here's why I think our mock draft's wrong. <laughs> I hate you. We didn't we didn't put a running back in the first round. It's gonna happen. I mean So it may, but here's the thing. That's not a guaranteed block. Let's be let's first say that. I, Second, there's but it's not. <laughs> Just not. I what I mean, we haven't had a a draft without a running back in the first round since twenty thirteen. And that was Bishop Sankey was RB1. This class is so much better than that. Yeah, but there's a lot of the teams that could take a running back. Um, they have bigger needs elsewhere, and running back just isn't valued as much by other teams. I Like, again, I, I think if you're forcing me to pick one of the 32, I think I get it with maybe Nashi. But at that point, they're trading Ronald Jones. They just drafted one high last year. I just don't think that's the case. I think you could have picked one at 30, maybe. But that's the same thing. They spent high capital the last two years. Then the next closest is what, the Steelers? And they lost their starting center to retirement. They have a quarterback that is getting older by the second. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I agree with Jets, you. And, you know, and like I, it, Jets who clearly don't value the position that highly. I mean, we're going down the list. I mean, who's who's next? The Dolphins at 18, the Jalen Waddle fall to them. They're not fucking doing that. Cardinals at 16 makes sense to me. Although yeah, I but think they, but they had Michael Parsons sense. fall. <laughs> I know. And I get it. I mean, I think if the, the draft shakes out this way. Uh, yeah, that's the point. I mean, with. Is. With five quarterbacks in the first round, which is how it's going to be, uh, I don't think there's a chance that there's not five quarterbacks in the first round. I think that definitely limits what teams can select a running back. But like, I so I guess I'll start from the top. It makes sense for the Jets, the Dolphins, the uh, Falcons. Not obviously at two, three, or f- maybe four. I know that's it, does. it. I mean, it's no, it it's a reach at four. There's no question. It's a reach at four, but we see teams do it like all the time. We see the Raiders do it. <laughs> well, no, I mean we saw the Cowboys took Zeke at four. We but saw it wasn't, in that draft it wasn't viewed as a reach. Like Zeke was viewed as a top five, top ten player. Now she's I, viewed as a top twenty-five, twenty player. I I mean, if you look at most sites, I think he's probably ranked like eighteen to twenty. Three twenty-four. So yes, but I think NFL teams are going to be higher on him, man. Like I think, but it doesn't matter because you, you've listed. I mean, who are the running backs that went that early? So that's Zeke, Saquon, who, Zeke, and Saquon. Saquon has been on the field in two years. Zeke, who has been on the field, was viewed as a contract disappointment this year. And then you have McCaffrey, who was also missed time. It's a position where you get beat the shit out of. It, I mean, it truly is. I get it. I and I think so. I and continuing and down the in list. those drafts, there was Zeke was one, no question. Barkley was one, no fucking question. McCaffrey, pretty much, I'd say was one, no question. Uh, Najee's kind of one, but there's question. There's question, I, and I get it. 
I think the Broncos have a shot to draft him at nine. Again, it's the same thing. Like, <laughs> well, I know, I, and I know that's how we view it. And I mean, the NFL has kind of leaned that way the last two years. So maybe I'll, I'll eat my words here. But I mean, from what I'm seeing, like, the Broncos have a chance to trade back and then take him in the teens and the Cardinals might be in on a guy like him, the 49ers. It wouldn't make sense with how they've had success in the past, but same thing. They don't value, they value position, but they value it as getting a buttload of them and everyone working. <laughs> yeah. I, the chargers who were awful, awful, doesn't, awful. It doesn't make sense for them because they have massive needs elsewhere. That's the, <sighs> the problem. They do, but teams don't always think about that, dude. Like, I think I promise you they do when they have a star rookie quarterback. I know. I, but they, <laughs> I mean, they, they poured a ton of money into center and guard, too. So, I, like, I, poured, I do think. It, and they poured money into Eckler. They did, but they also had Eckler with that money when they still had Melo Gordon and now they don't have that. Josh Kelly's probably not it. So I, I don't know. All I'm saying is I think the it, first one that makes sense would be 16 to me. And yet I'm not quite sure Najee fits them. I think ETN fits them better. I think ETN Williams would, and you're not yeah. picking them there. I mean, you trade back for sure then. Uh, and obviously the, the like Micah Parsons fits a corner fits, a tackle fit. You know what I mean? Like, let's just give Najee to the Raiders and just fucking oh light God. everything they on have fire. Three, they have four running backs, bro. I know, but yeah. So that's that's my with, one with Trey. I I think a running. I think Najee and or Williams and or Etn goes in the first. Don't get me wrong. But again, this is a no trades mock. When you do those, you have to do needs first. <laughs> yeah. And likelihood, and I mean, like in my mock that's coming out, sure, I'll probably have a running back, but do I know where the fuck he's going? <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? But I'm again, like wild, like man. most places have the Steelers taking Najee or someone, but with news, with all the people they had to let go, and with news of like their center retiring to pound seed, like it makes perfect sense for them to get Dickerson or Humphrey or trade back, or get a corner. Or te- I mean, there's plenty. Villanueva has gone for them. They could use corner help badly because they lost a couple. So it makes perfect sense for them to go elsewhere, even though they are apparently going to value the position, but they also spent a third rounder last year running back, which they're going to view highly. Yeah, but he's not a workhorse. I don't know why they picked him. Um, Doesn't have to be. He does one of your other options, Benny Snell. That's all. I'm I mean, just because you don't take one in the first doesn't mean you don't in the second, third, fourth, fifth. I know, and maybe the NFL is catching up to how we value running backs. Um, in terms of, there's no need to pick one in the first, but I don't think that's the case this year, personally. But I still like our mock overall. Uh, I don't like my Jalen Mayfield pick, but that or my Kadarius I, Tony pick. I don't like your Kadarius Tony pick. I, yeah, yeah, neither do I. All of mine are great. That's all I got to say about the <laughs> subject. <And it's> just... <laughs> all right. We need to get out of here. Um, Randy, what team are we adding to the Friday Fix this week? So we have Saints, That's Bills. Fantastic question. Uh, so Saints, Bills, Vikings. Is Vikings. Hot button, somebody. Uh, 
Saints, Bills, Cardinals, 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 because I said so. Or I'm giving them Najee in the draft if they win. <laughs> Perfectly fine. I'll give them somebody better. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. So that that poll will go out this week. Uh, like I said at the top of the episode, make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us at the Cut FFB. Follow me at C Williams NFL. Follow Randy at R Hall NFL. Uh, Thursday, we will be back with our interior offensive line show. Uh, we might have something else on the docket as well, but probably not. Um, so look for that. Uh, Randy, anything to add before we bounce? Guards next episode. Guards and centers next episode. Um, I am somehow ahead of Christian in that topic. I don't exactly. know how that happened. Uh, maybe it's because he writes for another site as well and has to do way too many things and has more of a real job. I have, yeah, I have a couple of real jobs. So, uh, trying to get rid of one. And someone pay me to write fantasy things, and then I won't have to coach basketball on the side. But uh, I digress. All right. Uh, for Randy Hall, I'm Chris Williams. We will talk to you guys on Thursday. Later. <laughs>